Today on Sagittarian Matters, it is a vegan extravaganza with dried fruits, soups, our favorite restaurants, and so much more. With my guest, fan favorite, Morgan. Stay tuned. from Los Angeles. I hope you like upspeak, barking, and stuffed up noses because this episode has got it all. I had friend to the show Morgan on for our ultimate vegan restaurant and food product favorites list. Plus, we did a dried fruit power ranking, talked about gummy vitamins, soups, salads, mega head meals, food poisoning, and so much more. Producer Ponyo even read some lines for us from her new screenplay. So, please enjoy and if you have a question about vegan food or you want to tell us about your favorite vegan food product or place, please call and leave a message. 971-361-9998. Leave a message. We're happy to hear what you are eating. Now have a great week and enjoy the show. Morgan is a frequent contributor and fan favorite of Sagittarian Matters. She is a former vegan chef and baker, a very good friend to the show, and she loves salads and beans more than I can say. Now, please enjoy my talk with friend of the show, Morgan. All right, Morgan, we have some serious questions we need to get into. These are hard hitters. The first thing I need to say, though, before we get into that... Mm-hmm. Is I want to tell you about something that Lagusta from Lagusta's Luscious told me about, which is Ooh. eating your vitamins in a gummy form. Ugh. Everyone loves a gummy. Everyone loves a gummy. I'm not sure if, am I fooling myself that these are doing anything? They're just so fun to take. Tell me more about them. I'm pretty sure the placebo effect is powerful. Okay. Get dressed. I'm oh a God, I'm so a vegan funny. who has never really been into vitamins. I really am into eating vegetables. Heard of them? I'm I'm into eating more vegetables than grains, which gives me more vitamins. I'm very vitamin interested. But what uh, about the percentage of gummies? Well, now I'm upping my gummy game. So with the <laughs> veggies and the gummies, I'm basically going to live forever. So I found – this is different than the brand Lagusta uses. I found a brand online called Salam Nutritionals that is um, a halal vitamin company that just happens to be vegan. So I'm taking two right now. I'm taking what? an omega-3 DHA gummy. Um and the reason I'm taking these is so that I don't get vegan brain shrinkage. So this would be omega. Wait, what's vegan brain shrinkage? Give that a scary no, Google. <laughs> is that why I've been so tired all week? Damn it. It's. I think it's like if you just never have omegas. So like what other people take, fish oil, you know, other people get it from eating animal fats. If you never have omegas, in theory, your brain is being underfed and shrinks over time. So if you ever want to get into like a nightmare crisis, give that a Google. Okay, perfect. I want to plump my brain up so much. And I, I interestingly was just asking about omegas. We get plenty of sixes. We need the threes. Oh, omega. Th- this is omega three plus DHA. And I have oh. some that were just in pill form, but I never took them because it was so boring. <laughs> Why not do more chewing? You really like the chewing experience. Well, it's fun. It feels like I'm getting away with something because I'm eating candy. Candy. 
in the morning before coffee, I'm eating candy. Oh my god, Nicole! But this other one is um, a multivitamin, and the multivitamin includes B12, B6, vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E, and zinc. And this is so Salamas S A L A A M. I found them on Amazon, and uh, they're vegan and they're halal, and uh, and that's it. Question: How do they taste? Good. Well, I'm going to tell you the omegas are for kids and they taste better. I got a multivitamin for adults and it's not as good. So I might get the kid kind again. Yeah, go kid or go home. Um, what is the brand that Lagusta uses? Because there's another brand that I've been really fond of, but I have not yet tried their gummies. They're in formulation. I got to tell you, I don't remember the kind she uses. Yeah. There is a brand that I have experienced called... Mega food, yeah, it's maybe not the jamminous name. Mega food, it sounds like I'm inventing it on the spot, but it's an all vegan company, and they're really like transparent about their vitamin ingredients, which is way cool. So if you feel like you know, you're like, where are these oranges from that are making my vitamin C? It's literally on the label. They're like, oh, we get these from Uncle Matt's organic orange juice. You're like, okay, sweet. It's like so unweird. It takes question marking out of it. And then I looked at their website as I am want to do. And they were like, we're working on our gummies right now. So I was wondering if it was good or not. Hi, Sagittarian Matters. What are your favorite make-ahead foods? Thank you. So that means like your meal prepping on a Sunday, you're getting ready for the week, something. Getting ready to get swole for my CrossFit. Yeah. Um, I actually do do Dragon Boat. So I do have to sometimes do make-ahead meals. And for my work, I'm constantly out and about. So making ahead things all the time. Okay, it's soups and salads, you guys. It's so boring, but it's really true. But one of my coworkers was like um, into really making pureed soups because they're easy to eat. And then I was like, what if you make a pureed soup for breakfast? It's like a savory smoothie, but it's hot. I don't want a cold, sweet smoothie in the morning. Can you not call it a savory smoothie? (laughs) (laughs) Too late. I already did. Just a hot, savory smoothie. But like carrot with red lentil soup pureed and you're just sipping it oh my god it's so hearty and satisfying or like you know a butternut squash or whatever you want so um that's like a new twist in my make ahead situation and i always have a freezer full of weirdness do you so do you microwave a soup and then put it in a coffee cup is that what you're saying just freeze it in a jar and then yeah microwave it or warm it up and then or whatever. Put it in your little thermos. Nicole, I know you got some thermoses hiding out in there. Come on now. Um, so that's like a way cool invention. Because also like, you know, let's say you're driving from one job to the next. Those people that drive to jobs. Give it a go. It's going to it's gonna change the whole game for you. Well, you know, friend of the show, Augusta, is a fan of BS breakfast soup. And oh my god! It, it's but it's also it's like a very classic macrobiotic joint to have like miso soup for breakfast. Um, and so when I go to the, my Linda Berry workshops at the Omega Institute, which is like a yoga colony, they offer you f- you know vegetarian food yes. with your stay. And so they have a full macrobiotic bar. So when I'm there, I try to go for the breakfast soup, breakfast miso with greens and tofu. It's so good. It's so good. Try puree if you really truly are like on the actual go. Because I know sometimes you need a sneak and a snack. You put it in a coffee cup. Nobody knows that you're not drinking coffee. I don't know why it's less appropriate to have soup than it is to have coffee in the morning. But like it's weird to have a mason jar full of like orange goop in the morning when everyone's like, what are you doing? Or like green goop. You know, whatever. It's fine. 
sorry to quote Gwyneth Paltrow right there, but um, Goofin. Yep, yep. Um, okay. But give it a go. It is hearty. It's way good. So that's been a, a real cool, cool ass revolution for me. And then soup, soup, soup. Put it in the freezer. Um, what salads? Did eat breakfast for dinner last night. That was a big hit. But what's your breakfast for dinner if your dinner is breakfast? Well, Nicole, whatever you want. Gummies. Gummies for dinner? That's too many gummies. (laughs) They're a little expensive. So breakfast for dinner is not make ahead. But soups are like the ultimate make ahead meal prep. Or also, I'm a firm believer, if you have an arsenal of sauces, it kind of doesn't matter what you eat. So then you just like, I have one kale leaf and like half of a wilted broccoli and like, ooh, do I have a can of beans? Yeah. You have dinner. Just like freeze a bunch of tiny batches of sauces, like pesto or like some kind of a not a yum sauce, also registered trademark or whatever. Like, well, you know what I'm saying? Let's talk about this not a so yum sauce is like a tahini, cheesy, lemony mm-hmm. almond. Creamy. I don't know. It's, um, so it's a sauce. It's a sauce that uh, originates in Eugene, Oregon from Cafe Yum. And you can get yeah. it at New Seasons. You could just buy it. If you're like, I don't want to make a sauce. It's six dollars for a little thing. It's very delicious. Um, but it is quite easy to make. And I have to say, aside from that, pesto could not be easier to make. And it doesn't have to be expensive. I make it out of everything. Parsley, you, hazelnut, whatever. Kale, walnut. What you got in there? You know what? I got um I got nuts and also some cashew butter for Christmas. And my mom sent me mm. pine nuts for Christmas. Ask for this nuts for holidays. Good. Nuts are expensive. See if people can give you nuts for the holidays, and then you could be making pesto, and you'll feel free to make pesto anytime. Instead Every of you time. having to go get like four ounces of pine nuts that cost four hundred dollars, you could be like, "I have a bag in the cupboard my mom gave me two years ago. I'm still working <laughs> on it. They're rancid, but I'm going to use them." <laughs> well, you can taste them and see if they taste like makeup, and it, you know, and if they don't, that means they're still good. But I honestly like, you know, Trader Joe's. I don't know where the basil comes from, but they have basil really cheap, either in plant form or you can just get a little thing of it for like three dollars. You don't have to go to Whole Foods and get the seven dollar basil. You can go to Trader Joe's. You can get a three dollar clam shell of basil, and that is tons and tons and tons of pesto. And then you're going to be okay. So Morgan, you have like a tahini sauce on hand. You have pesto on hand. You could freeze the pesto in, of course, an ice cube tray. Of course you could. Or four ounce mason jars will change everything. You're going to have portions of everything for life. Or even if you're like, oh, I made pasta and I have like tomato sauce, but you always have like just enough left over there. Like, damn it, it's not worth doing anything with right now, but I don't need it and it's going to ruin the pasta if I add it. So then just freeze it and then you'll be like, sweet, I'll put it on a whatever, fill in the blank, doesn't matter. Bean, always a bean. Um, All right. Other make-ahead foods, um, for me, I, I agree with you about soups. I agree with you about sauces. You know, I like to keep tempeh separate. If I make dinner, Ooh. if I make like a barbecue tempeh, so easy. My new favorite thing is from, I'm sorry to be on the Trader Joe's camp, but they're right by my house. Oh, um, Trader Joe's has a Korean barbecue sauce that is pretty tangy and yummy and is so easy to make a barbecue tempeh with. And so then if you have your barbecue tempeh, you make a bunch of it, you put it to the side, you steam some veggies or whatever, you have that to the side, and then whatever grain situation you wish, then you can assemble them 
over the week and you'll be so excited. And also if you I'm have a so excited. If you have something creamy to add to the top of that, you're stoked. Baby, you're you so got a stew going. You you got a stew going. <laughs> okay, also I have to say one last thing which I already forgot what it is, but I'm going to just remember it. Nope, I forgot it, but I'll remember it. It was about um sauces. But so that that's one of my oh. new favorite things is to use the um actually to use the Superiority Burger Cookbook collard greens oh. recipe. Have those collards to the side. They include maple syrup, they include hot sauce, they include some tomato paste, and then to have the the tempeh and then whatever else. I love this option. Okay, this is what I was going to say is um, about soups. There's a really great page in Deborah Madison's cookbook, Vegetarian Cooking for Everyone, and it's called like 10 Steps for a Basic Soup or whatever. And it's literally like do the onions first. Like if you just don't know how to make a soup, it walks you through the steps and then you can basically do anything. It's like one of those really good empowering two-page spreads. Let's call it a centerfold. But um, And it's like, you know, now add your beans. Okay, cook them for 10 minutes. Now add your fresh spices. Okay, you know, so then like whatever you have, you can totally, totally, totally make a really good soup and just freeze it and then you'll be stoked. Uh, I want to ask you a controversial question. Oh, I can't wait. You might have a couple different answers for this. I also can't wait. When do you believe in adding garlic? (gasps) To soup? Well, we know to soup you would add it after you start the onions going. But I'm wondering, like, if you're making something else, you know, because I find, like, I used to always add it first, but then it would sometimes get lost. So will you talk us through that? Okay, so this is a real controversial subject. I can't wait to hear people weigh in on this. Okay, so last (laughs) night, during the greens, we added the garlic at the end. Because it's going to scorch. I speak from experience. Scorched garlic tastes so bad, like burnt hair. And, like litter box or something it's really bad it's so sharp on the nose so like don't um don't get all excited garlic and onions are different thing you know onions gotta like sweat they need like that sauna experience but garlic is like more of a swimming pool kind of a friend where it just has to go it only really needs like two minutes tops until it's done or you add liquid that's my caveat well i I used to add it like if I was making a tofu scramble. Tell me. I would add it at the beginning and then I would get I would get disappointed because I actually love garlic. I love fried garlic. Mm. I love the taste of garlic. I don't want to forget about it. And yeah. so, you know, I would even say in an ideal world, if I had more space, I would fry the garlic on the side and then put it on top of things. Consider beginning and end. Why what are the rules saying you can't add it at two different times? Whoa. There's no rules. And um, if you're, like, so lazy yeah. and you can't even deal with cutting garlic, Trader Joe's, not not sponsor of the program, not sponsor of the podcast, but they do have little miniature trays, miniature um, ice cube trays of pre-smashed garlic and pre-smashed ginger. You're just going to have to use, like, seven times the amount that you would if you're using fresh garlic. Ice cube, 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 and I'm ready. It's not as delicious as fresh garlic, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. You really do. And I'm pretending like so many working moms and people who are so busy or so lazy, whoever doesn't have time to do to, you know, futz with garlic, there's, mm-hmm. there's a thing for you. I don't have time. Okay. Um, so those are some make ahead things. I would say, um, yeah, I like, I like keeping things in separate dishes though. It's all about your, yourself. To me, 
I get grossed out by my tempeh leftovers if they're mixed in with the veggies and other stuff. <laughs> I don't want to eat it anymore um, because tempeh kind of loses its appeal sometimes when it's I'm not. I'm not into like its wetness. Like I like its crispiness most best. Yeah, but so then you can't get it crispy again if it has absorbed the wet broccoli mm-hmm. vibe. And so I like to have it separate so then when I put it back together, it can it can really strut its stuff. Uh, hi, Sagittarian Matters. I have a serious question. I'd like to know your dried fruit power ranking. Thanks. So listen, I really gave this one a lot of thought. I'm not even joking. Okay. There's so many kinds of dried fruits that we really need to address. There's crispy dried fruits. There's moist dried fruits. There's freeze dried fruits. Okay. So just in the traditional dried fruits, I'd have to say like, let's say top three are um, not in um, quantity of consumption, but just in pure enjoyment is dates. Oh, dried cranberries and a dried mango oh my god so that's conventional that's like in the wet dry category okay plump 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 so um dates are really versatile and they're so good they're almost too sweet to eat on their own but they're like um a magical flavor and texture enhancer that like i would say no other dried fruit comes close to what are you enhancing with a date Oh my God, what aren't you enhancing with a date? All smoothies, all desserts, smush them up and like, you know, put a little something salty in there, a nut, a little nut, serve them alongside uh, a salad, put them in an oat milk. I haven't done this yet, but like, they're just so good. Right. They're just so good. Okay, so anyway, stop about this. Oh, I want to tell you, I love sulfates. When you're they giving keep them all colorful and plump. When you're so. giving me some dried apricot choices, and you're like, "Would you like the non-sulfate?" Or the, I don't know what sulfates are. I can't. You know, there is that thing called orthorexia where people overthink food so much, and then they have an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And so, personally, if there's things that people are like, "This is bad," but I don't actually care about it or know about it, like I just, it. I just go like, you know, what? I don't know. There's like, I'm vegan. I don't smoke. Just maybe give me some sulfates. Yeah, I'll take the sulfates. The headache, whatever, give it. Bring it on. I don't use parabens in my lube. So does that mean that I have room for <laughs> sulfates with the apricots? Maybe. Yeah, you um, have to trade it out. I just, I really have to pick and choose which things I care about. And I just, it's never going to be perfect. And that's okay. There's no such thing. But so I love a plump apricot makes me happy. On my deathbed someday, if someone's like, you know. You this apricot, it's got sulfates. Well, at the end, end of my life, if someone's like, you spent your whole lifetime eating dry kind of wilty, hard apricots because you were being morally righteous, I'll be like, I want my life back. I want the plumpy sulfates. Okay, but so apricots are, I don't know if they're even on there, but I, you know I love raisins. You know I love prunes. Very close to those is dried cherries, which I loved very much, but once I got food poisoning and I barfed them up so I can't eat them anymore. They the didn't cause the- f- cherries are so good. I need to add those to my list too. I forgot about them. They did they're not so cause good. the food poisoning. It was King Burrito on Lombard, which I went back to um, a couple months later. So no shade to King Burrito. They got good fries. They have wonderful fries. They have a wonderful bar full of uh, (laughs) fresh raw onions and lime and cilantro and anything you could want. I really recommend going to King Burrito if you're in Portland. Especially if you've ever been to Porque No, you owe an amends to King Burrito. Like you need to go tithe by giving money to King Burrito who's been there for a million years. (laughs) Also, the burritos are like probably $3, so... Oh my God. It's a very affordable 
tithing. They're $3 and you could really just fix it up. But be careful. The raw stuff is where you get the FP. Remember when you said um, it was like, you know, God's gift to you or God's protection for being vegan that, uh, you know, vegetables didn't give you food poisoning, but then all the lettuce and spinach in the world did. Yes. And then. Hold on, producer Ponyo has something to say. Ponyo! Ponyo's thing. Sounds like she's saying the word rough. Like she's from a book. I'm reading this script. It says rough, rough. Come here. Come here. She's a good actress. Um, Ponyo's thing is that she lays under my bed all day and then she barks from under the bed, which I find to be unhelpful as far as a guard dog goes. I would say that's accurate. (laughs) Like, why is this recording of a dog here? So I'm not scared at all. Okay. So, so I I, I need to say something about raisins really fast. It's super important. Okay. Um, I really appreciate about raisins, appreciate about raisins that they're the only food that come in their own perfect, tiny little cardboard box why are they the only dried fruit that comes in a perfect little serving size cardboard box they're so cute they are so cute oh my god if i had those little those little boxes i would throw it in my mouth like i was doing shots of jägermeister slam it a raisin also if you like put the whole box in your mouth okay not the whole box but let's say if you wrap your lips around the box and then blow it (laughs) makes a whistle it's like now that's fun now, now that's that's a fun time. Some raisins and then a mouse flute on a cardboard box. Now look, I, it's hard for me to rank fruits because okay, you if we're, you know, if I was a trillionaire, I would have more yeah. mulberries and goji berries in my life, but oh. I find them to be cost prohibitive, and so I don't uh, ask I, for them for holidays. That's a good idea. I did ask for prunes for Christmas and Beth Ditto gave me several bags of prunes and she thought that was very funny. But you know what? They were the good ones. They were the whatever plum du noir. Um, but so I buy the, the ones that I buy on a regular basis would be prunes and raisins. Prunes would rank number one, even though I don't think they taste. They don't definitely don't taste better than a mulberry or a goji berry, but they're just yeah. a better boat and vehicle for tahini and sometimes oh God, almond and butter. <laughs> okay, so so let's get into let's get into dried and freeze dried. Okay, well, there's almost nothing that's not good if you freeze dry it. A straw? Oh my god, too delicious! So we're a talking banana? about astronaut food tasting yeah. freeze dried. Yeah, it sounds like kind of shattery when it rubs up against each other because it's so dry; it gives you the shivers. Those are all really good. Like I think we ate freeze dried grapes; mm-hmm. they were weird. You know, it's still kind of goodish, I think. Um, also, not in the ranking, but still delicious are those horribly unattractive flattened bananas. Mm-hmm. Ooh, they really look like you stepped on something and peeled it off your shoe. Like, it, it's so unappetizing <laughs> to look at. And then if you're willing to take the risk, they pay off. They taste good. They taste so good. And these are all things you can get at Turner Joe's. Um, Have you heard of <laughs> I love the freeze-dried mangoes, number one. I like freeze-dried bananas, number two. Freeze-dried strawberries are sometimes a little too tart for me. Straws? But if you have them, I'll eat them. Mm. Mm. You know what? It's it's also like if you're a trillionaire, there's that brand that's called like Just Bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Just strawberries. That's some googly eye fruits on the cover, and it's like $7. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about high-quality bananas. Oh, my God. Who's Mm. barking on your end? Oh my gosh, sorry. I'm so embarrassed. Dog I'm so embarrassed. I don't even have a dog with me. Okay. Uh. So we I think we covered the 
fruits. I do love a dried mango. It's a lot of chewing for me with my sensitive teeth. Um, I love a flattened banana. Me too. They do hurt the teeth, but like they're also still worth it. You know, plumpness is, you got to either go hard on one end or hard on the other. Those middle mangoes that are just leathery, like they're not so good to me. You know, like Mm. I don't need to be adding my own moisture to make them plump. I do want to tell you something, which is that a prune is not that good on the go. So, you know, I travel a lot. I fly a lot. A prune is so giant and moist. You don't want to have dirty fingers and then be like reaching into your <laughs> like sweaty bag of prunes. That's gross. So you need Did to they, um, try to do individually wrapped prunes for a minute. Oh, I, I don't. I never got in on that. I wish I had. Packaging is excessive. Just like those individually wrapped pickles. But so my favorite thing when I'm on the go is a mix of cashews, almonds, and then um, I think, I guess, cranberries or raisins. Because those things are all dry enough that I don't feel like they're absorbing a gross thing from my hand and then delivering it to my mouth. Which I think (laughs) a prune on a plane, I would need a fork. I would need a fork. (laughs) A spork even. Also, sorry to all the rest of the passengers that have to deal with you prune on a plane. I have experienced this in personal life, not to talk about, you know, internal, internal workings, but I was just really jamming on some dried fruit for a while. And then the poor passenger next to me had to deal with all my farts. Sorry. Today's episode is brought to you by Shoshana Ruth Wechter, Michelle Lemoyne, Ken Vellante, Mary Pinson, Tony Pinto, Jill Soloway, and Christy Herrett. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, including producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $10, $500, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. That's hornet like the insect, leg like its appendage at gmail. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it too. Don't be scared. That's Ponyo's voice. Hello, can you please tell me your favorite non-dairy milks for baking? For me, it's kind of an it depends. Like, what am I making? You know what I'm saying? For baking, unsweetened soy milk is still just good. Mm-hmm. Just do it. It really works. But also, um, coconut milk is really good if you need something rich in creme, like a scone. Well, yeah, so you used to be a vegan baker. You still Wait. are, but you're not professionally doing it anymore. <laughs> and so you would make vegan scones. And a scone in real life is so reliant on fat. It's a mm-hmm. fatty, fatty, fatty biscuit. Mm. And so you made them, and they still tasted fatty and delicious and held together. And your secret was coconut milk. That was one of the secrets for the coconut ones. But honestly, the plain ones, soy milk and oil of your choice. <laughs> Mm-hmm. How do you feel about using olive oil in baking? It's great. Depends on what you're baking. Savory? This is an it depends answer. So I'm really sorry. Boring answer. Incredible question. Thanks. Um, but like c- cashew milk, it's way good. It's way, way good. But like, what are you making? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For a soup, gotta go coconut. Actually, I haven't really cooked with soy milk. The thing about coconut milk that's wonderful in a soup is that coconut milk is so fatty that it will absorb the flavors. It will take, it's a carrier. It -hmm. will take on the flavors. It's a little bit milk. It's a little bit oil. So it will absorb whatever thing you're putting down there, which is why it's so good for curry, you know, and you, 
Oh, you like please. it thick and dense like that, and then it makes like a concentration of flavors. And it's bringing the flavor to every part of your mouth. Hey, huge news. Everyone's getting in on the oat milk train. I think Oatly really cracked open the market, and I, I, I'm, I'm concerned about their their um, market share, you know, their holdings. But, like, um, I, there's, like, three other companies that are getting in on it, and they're like, we're working on it in the market soon. Silk is working on one. There's some other planet oat. Um, Pacific has tried to revamp their oat milk. I actually had someone at a coffee shop. They were like, we have Pacific. And I was like, Bleh! And <laughs> then, Ponyo, stop. You don't have an opinion. No. Stop. Um, but they told me, they're like, yeah, Pacific at first they did it and they kind of biffed it, but then they went back to the drawing board and tried to steal some of Oatly's secrets. So now I was talked into trying Pacific again. And I tell you, I was not offended. I still have brand loyalty to Oatly. Um, and there's another brand whose name I can't say that's like around that sounds, that looks more fancy. Maybe it starts with a W I can't remember, but, um, Oh, but I want to say rice milk is probably never going to be your best option for baking. No, it's too it's thin. It's basically just water. Rice milk is best for eating with cereal, and that's a fact. And I'm like, maybe that's it only ever. I never eat rice milk. Sorry, rice. I love rice, just not the milk. I love rice milk. I don't appreciate how much it costs in Los Angeles. I don't think that it's worth $3 a carton. I'm used to paying $1.50 a carton at Fred Meyer, but uh, here we are. <laughs> Big ups, Portland. <laughs> Fred Meyer. FG um, Meyer and Sons. Hey, Sagittarian Matters, I want to know your favorite vegan restaurants and food products. I'll take my answer off the air. Thanks. So this one, again, these are real head scratchers, to be totally honest. Um, I happened to just be Googling the other day, best vegan restaurant in the world. And the results were so disappointing. Not in that the um, there weren't that many. It was just like the vegan food restaurant scene changes so much. And also like uh, a vegan restaurant maybe has like a couple of standout dishes, but then the rest are total plops. And um, some of the best best vegan things I've ever eaten have been at not vegan restaurants. So like this this answer comes with a lot of caveats. You know what I mean here? Yeah, Bur- well, I like- agree. I think some of my favorite meals are from restaurants that are not American food. This mm-hmm. is a problem. A lot of vegan places concentrate on American food. And that mm-hmm. is a bummer. Like, who cares? Who cares about American yeah. food? Uh, so like, a lot yeah. of them, you know, like Ethiopian, uh, mm. Thai. Delights. Some of, like, some of those places, Vietnamese. Some of those places have my favorite vegan foods. So let's... I will say, yeah. I really appreciated Little Pine with you in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Well, so let's hear your... What are your rankings? What are the places you like best? Well, I don't really have rankings because that's the thing is like, I don't think there's, I know Nicole's throwing her brow at me right Where now. do you like to eat? Dang it. <laughs> Dang it. Um, I, I, I just think that like, um, there's still some, some solids that have been holding on. Okay. Wait, this is my other caveat. I'm in place. Vegan food has evolved so much in our lifetime of vegan and vegetarianism that like one of the best meals I ever had was at Roxanne's raw which doesn't exist anymore. And like maybe these dishes, the nog, they had a nog, a spiced nog, beverage nog, that was so good. Like we could not stop thinking about it forever. But like that was probably 15 years, 20 years ago. I think probably the Oscars looking for the present. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so first what I'm saying is travel back in time, erase all your memories of current delicious vegan foods, drink that nog, 
and then we'll talk, okay? Wonderful. <laughs> okay, I still still stand by the um, vegan pizza option at Dove VB. Mm, okay, can you talk through that? Is good. Okay. Tell them, about, tell them what that is. Okay, so it's a cornmeal crust. So it's not like a chewy bread crust. It's a little more like a crispy, crunchy tender crust deep dish and it's got a cashew cheese on it with um fresh corn fresh chives smoked tomatoes like whole fresh tomatoes that have been smoked so they're kind of smushy with like no real peels on them and they're like they turn into their own sauce and then they add this like depth of flavor which is like acidy and smoky and and smushy and salty and delicious and um, I think those are the big highlights. I may be forgetting one or two things, but God damn it, it's so good. And you think like one slice, ugh, that's not going to be enough. I'm going to be starving. But it's so filling and so good. It's so, so good. Dove Vivi. Okay. I'm going to say number two for yeah. me. Okay. Right now in Los Angeles. So Dove Vivi is yeah. in Portland, Oregon. I have really been enjoying Night and Market Song which is a very famous Thai restaurant that is, uh, you know, it's like very hipstery Thai restaurant and there was always lines outside. So I thought certainly I could never eat there. Never. Um, that was my thought was that I could never eat there. Cause I figured that they were probably like, you know, really into pork necks, which they are, but they do have some <laughs> vegan things that are so stand out that they basically kick the shit out of every other Thai restaurant in town. Hell yeah. Okay, so two things that I want to say are stand out there are one thing, which is Nam Khao Todd, which is a crispy rice salad. So it's mm. crispy rice. There's raw ginger, onions, peanuts, cilantro. It's very fresh. It's very bright. It's very limey. Fresh, bright, limey. Lime, ginger, you know, something that is like the vegan version of fish sauce. I love that. The other thing they do really, really well which is so dang spicy is um, well, I'm looking at their menu right now. It is indeed pad pak kana Chinese broccoli sauté with garlic and bird eye chili. And it sounds very simple. It has a very thin sauce, but it's very spicy and it is delicious. So that's my it. number two for right now. I'm really into this. This sounds delightful. Um, I, I do have to say, I think the virtuous pie might be in my ranking. Yeah, put it in there. It's in there. I mean, I don't mean to be all pizza, but like, okay, another thing happens, which is like, I love a salad. Probably one of my top foods on the face of the earth. But, um, you know, once you start making your own salad, this is like the cursing, the curse and the blessing of being vegan and vegetarian for so long is like, you're like, oh, I want that. No one else makes a good one. I'll figure out what to, how to make exactly what I like, and then you just get to make it exactly how you like it. So I love salad so much, and there's not that many places that make a better salad than me. Sorry. So um, I challenge someone to, to, to send me the best salad recommendation, but like, um, yeah, so it has to be things that like I don't already make at home all the time. You know what I mean? Which is pizza. I don't make pizza at home though. Well, so what do you like? What are you recommending from Virtuous Pie? Um, I think that all of their pizzas are so good. The one with the mushrooms called the Super Fungi was so good. And their ice cream. I really like their ice cream. I know you weren't a fan of the mermaid, but I really did like it. I thought it was good texture, good creamy. Um, you know, I haven't had them in a thousand years, but the hash browns, a gravy. Oh, hold on. Like, what's, what we're, getting, we're going to our third 
Morgan's third choice. I don't Gravy. know. These are really just off the cuff. I'm not even lying here. Um, the hash browns at Gravy in Portland, which I probably haven't had in over a decade, are like the most perfect crispy bird's nests of golden brown potatoes. Like they're not a patty and they're not uh, cubes and they're not a smushy um, pancake. They're like really crispy as if they took a wad of potatoes and dropped them into a fryer instead of on a griddle. Mm, and, they, and they also are so generous with their tofu scramble. If memory serves, they give you essentially a whole block of tofu. Gorgeous. It's one of those places where, you know, they don't do vegan things as their specialty. But when they do, it's like almost like they feel bad for you. So they give you too much. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. It is great. Instead of the opposite. Yeah. They're like, ugh. Um, for Portlanders, do you remember the tofu scramble at the Bijou? Because that was one worth asking about. Okay, secret tip on theirs. They take half the tofu and puree it with lemon juice and then mix it into the other half, which is crumbled. Also haven't had it in like 12 years. All right. I'm going to go back into back into the present. Right. Present day. Uh, we're going back to L.A. for Joy. Now, Joy is a place that is Taiwanese. It was opened by the people from Pine and Crane. It's better than Pine and Crane because it has weirdly different pricing and the menu is a little bit expanded. My favorite things to get there, you can get the daily greens, which is like uh, pea shoots, Mm -hmm. a bunch of pea shoots or other local greens, sometimes things I've never heard of before, a giant pile of them for like $4.50. I like to get a side of braised tofu. That comes mm. off the tofu sandwich. That's also four fifty, and then you can get little tiny salads. Morgan, you would love it. We get a crispy lotus that. root. We get a woodier mushroom. Mm. Um, we you can get a little bamboo shoot. It's mm. it's so delicious, and also you can get a vegan taro bubble tea with giant yeah. chunks of taro in the bottom. And it's hard actually if you ask. You can go anywhere and order a taro bubble tea and ask for soy milk. But if you actually ask them if it's vegan, most of the time they'll break down and cry and tell you no, it's not. This place, <laughs> vegan taro tea. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. such a joy to go to Joy. It's in Highland Park. All right. What a joy. Is there anything else you like? from? I mean, I have to say we both enjoy the by and by. We do. It's solid. You want to know what? It's totally solid. It It holds up. No, mine are really like... Really bits and pieces. And okay. oh, there was one product we did not address, which I was sipping on as we were discussing, which is another one of those things that's accidentally vegan blue lotus chai. That chai powder. Oh, yeah. So good. Okay, the thing is, it's like all ground up. So you literally just add it to hot water and then add milk of your choice. Great for camping. Great when you're going to work. Put it in your travel mug and then you just put some hot water in there. You have like a jamming, spicy, cup of chai you can make it as strong or as weak as you want so stuff like that also if you want to make your own pizza at home and you like that kind of cornmeal crust other favorite vegan product is the frozen crust the cornmeal pizza crust by vicolo v-i-c-c-o-l-o the quickest easiest best pizza you've never made i well, highly recommend if you want to pretend like you're adobe vivi but you're at home you get that vicolo yeah. pizza crust cornmeal crust five dollars you get yeah. Some cashews, some roasted red peppers, some nutritional yeah. yeast, some lemon, some salt and pepper, some olive oil. You blend it all up. You use that as your sauce. And then you mm. put your, you know, whatever, your sauteed eggplant or tempeh or roasted tomatoes on top of that. And essentially, it's like you're eating at Dove Vivi. Your corn. Corn. Don't forget your corn. Um, what do you, at the by and by, I just want to say the things that I really like there. I've always really liked their tempeh Reuben. I really like their barbecue platter. 
I think they do those things really well. Sometimes I get the samurai bowl also. Also, for those who really want a wild card, nearly normals in Corvallis, a delightful veggie burger, like a pure delight. It's like classic hippie food that tastes so good still. Okay, I'm going to say on nearly normals, and I'm going to say we're going to add yum sauce to this. Ooh, classics. Classics. And I want to say for Portland, another place I really like that I think people should go to is Queen of Sheba. That's my Queen of Sheba is my favorite Ethiopian restaurant in Portland. It's very old school. Um, You should definitely go there. And the other place I like that's vegan in particular is the Sudra, which is a vegan Indian place where you can get a giant dosa, but you can also get a really spicy kale salad. Please, when you go to Queen of Sheba, get the thyme iced tea. Mm-hmm. A thing I had never had before, and then it was like this magical combination of flavors where it's maybe fresh thyme and black iced tea, and it tastes so fragrant. Like, again, like you're having a treat of the universe. It's like the gummy vitamin of the beverage world where you're like, what? what, what is so good about this? I don't even know. Why have I never had this? Yeah. Um, um, and uh, I want to say, I want to give a shout out to Little Pine, which we briefly mentioned. The things I like at Little Pine, I like their brunch. For dinner, I like their their Brussels sprouts are way too greasy, but I do love them. Um, their I croissants love, are good. Their croissants are wonderful. I like their macaroni and cheese. Their pizza is phenomenal. And that's it's the so first bad. place. Morgan, I've been getting into orange wine. What is orange wine? Okay, I went to Little Pine. On the menu, I was like, what's this? And I asked, kind of like Beavis or Butthead, I asked the waitress about this kind of wine called Skin Contact. I was like, what's skin contact? And it's, I don't know, it's some kind of wine where they keep the skin on the grapes and it makes it really funky. It's a funky wine and it's an acquired taste. You either are really into it or you think it's disgusting. It's orange, it's murky, it's a little expensive. I'm into it. Did someone say murky and expensive? Nicole's into it. I I want to try orange wine. Let's do a tasting. Um, Also, like, we can't, of course, skip show favorites. Augustus and Urban Cheesecraft Bob's. Oh, so. yeah. What do you like from that? What, what are the standouts to you? I mean, Augustus caramels are, you know, classiques. They're like a lemon thyme caramel, I think. And um, the other day, in fact, I just sampled the fondue kit by Urban Cheesecraft made with cashews and then served on potatoes, little like roasted potato halves. Mm. Damn. That's a good snack. Um, Lagusta's has something that is called rock scramble. That's my favorite thing from them, which is it's like cornflakes, nuts, and miniature marshmallows all covered in chocolate. Mm. So it's a little mix. It's pretty cheap. It's pretty light. If you're traveling, you know, you can have it in your bag and just have a little tiny snack. And also, if you are in upstate New York, if you are in the Hudson Valley, go to Lagusta's commissary because you can get the most delicious macaroni and cheese and soups and all mm. kinds of things over there and so that like definitely that. has to be on our list we have a pretty robust list right now actually yeah we were just really like going off the cuff here and it's turned into quite a something are there any other foods or things that are especially i mean of course i have to add yoga urt which i've talked about on the podcast before in mm-hmm. glendale they have the most delicious peanut butter soft serve somehow i got an ice cream cone from them that was nine dollars i don't know how i did that what what did you do to that what is it full of orange wine i don't know but uh get get a loan take a mortgage <laughs> out on your bike and uh go to yoga urt because they also um, have gluten-free sugar gluten-free waffle cones 
All vegan. Mm. So delicious. Oh. Luck Luck, a Vietnamese kitchen, has a tofu salad that's shredded tofu mixed in roasted rice and sesame <laughs> seasoning, stir on shredded lettuce. Love that. So good. And also, if you go there at happy hour, it's like three fifty or something. It's very small. But um, the, <laughs> the other thing that I really, really, really love from Luck Luck is their homemade soda. Their um, homemade... They have a homemade coconut drink that is carbonated. It has roasted mm-hmm. coconut. It's lightly sweetened, and it is a showstopper. Showstopper. Treat yourself to a salad and a soda. See what I'm saying? Salad is so good. Salad is good. Morgan, do you take salad to go with you? Do you have All like... time. What are your go-to salad greens that you think are good to go? And then what is your favorite dressing? Ugh, loving arugula right now. I mean... The running joke is that I carry salad so much all the time that, like, I have just tote bags that are stained with salad everywhere. Um, I'm like, you want a salad? I got one in my bag. No one ever wants a salad. But me, arugula with, like, a really sharp vinaigrette is so good. If you're feeling, like, really, like, smacking yourself in the mouth, that feels so delicious. A nice pear on there, a candied pecan. Mmm, delightful. Um, Also, like... I love romaine. It is my spirit vegetable, you know, through and through. Sorry, E. coli, but like just eat safely, consume safely. That with the tahini dressing or even Annie's goddess dressing or my classic vinaigrette, which is just olive oil, apple cider vinegar, sauteed garlic, salt, pepper. Like, ugh, it's so good. Or get mustardy with it a little bit if you want. But like, you just get some romaine. You got your awesome dressing. Make it exactly how you like it. And there's nothing that's not good on there. What you know? Try kohlrabi. Try a fresh green bean. Go springy. Put a pea and an apple. Something crunchy. Um, like they're just all delicious. Or go weird radish. Melon. Black radish. Black radish is actually a little intense. Not that great on a salad. Morgan, please tell me our mutual new favorite place in Portland. Okay, it's called XLB. Apparently. It's named after these kind of soup-filled dumplings, which are not vegan. But if you go there, they've got a few scrumptious options for us, for us, including there's like these um, garlicky sautéed greens, which we seem to pick everywhere off the menu. But the steamed buns full of mushrooms and onions are like so good. I love steamed buns. And um, there's like a tofu with eggplant and um, little green peas in it. And um, those three things off the menu will leave you feeling more than full. And just get the mushroom buns. Get the mushroom buns. I need to tell you something. Tell me. I got the garlicky greens last time I was there, and I asked if I could add tofu, and they were like, no problem. They said no problem? No problem, Mon. <laughs> they said no problem. They added they added a side of tofu to my garlicky greens. which Blessings. That was my... It was a rainy day in Portland. I was in there. They have free hot tea. They do. So if you eat in there, you get free hot tea. I sat by myself at the counter. I ate these garlicky greens with a side of tofu. It was delicious. It's so good. And I've never had them be anything less than exceptionally friendly. So Mm. XLB. Letter X, letter L, letter B. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Morgan. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.
extra special thanks this week to the actors who voiced our questions from Instagram. Lucas Taylor, Heather Ware, who also says hi to our therapist, Andre Cation, and very special guest, Marilyn Cation. Thank you for your voices, and I hope you enjoy some prunes. <laughs>